Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 262. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to episode 262 on Dose of Leadership. Thank you for tuning into the show. Fantastic show today, the one and only Grant Cardone is on the show. I love Grant Cardone's um, enthusiasm, his motivation. I love his mantra that is success is your duty, your obligation, your responsibility. I love that. I would even tack on that significance is your duty, your obligation, your responsibility. I truly believe that if something's put on your heart and you don't follow through with it, I really do think if you don't follow through with that dream that's on your heart, you're shaming the angels. I love to look at it that way. That gets my rear in gear, if you will, to make me go and take action because action is what produces the dreams, the significance that we were called to be. I truly believe that. And leadership is part of that journey. You cannot get there without an understanding and an application of intentional leadership throughout your life. And that's what this show is all about. Dose of Leadership is that great free resource for you in your leadership journey. One of the many resources out there. Hopefully you're tapping into it. Hopefully it's resonating with you. Hopefully you're sharing this with your friends, your family, your coworkers, spreading the word about Dose of Leadership and the great value it provides. And if you are finding value, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review. This does so much for me and this show, for the visibility of the show in particular, to keep spreading the word about Dose of Leadership. Download it to your iPhone or your Android device. Stitcher works well for Android. iTunes works well for your smart devices, your Apple devices. And if you can leave that rating and review, I would be so thankful. And if you find some value, if you want to support the show financially, you free to do so at patreon.com slash dose of leadership, or you can go to my homepage, doseofleadership.com and click on the left sidebar. Support us on Patreon is the thing you click and you can find it in the menu item as well. In any amount, you can donate whatever you want on a monthly basis. And I would appreciate any support that you could provide this show. It goes a long way to keep the show going and, and, and uh, thriving as it continues to do. And again, I appreciate your support for being a listener. All right, Grant Cardone, I don't know if you're familiar with him. If you're not, you need to follow his blog. You need to follow his writings. He urges all of his followers, all his clients to make, like I said, success, their duty, their responsibility, their obligation. And I love his thought process on, on rising above what he considers outdated, and I agree with him, un unworkable middle-class myths and limitations. He truly is a rags-to-riches story, and he did so. Um, in a variety of ways, I'll let him, we'll talk about this, we talk about it in this conversation. But he's the author of four sales and business books, including the New York Times bestseller, If You're Not First, You're Last. And of course, the award-winning Sell or Be Sold. He regularly appears on Fox News, Fox Business, CNBC, MSNBC, contributes to Entrepreneur.com and the Huffington Post. And uh, he's really all about helping him, he and his certified sales trainers or help organizations drive more revenue to their business, become better sale, a better sales force. And he's worked with companies like Google, Morgan Stanley, Aflac, Auto Trader, on and on and on. And um, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. This is a great natural back and forth talking about leadership, talking about life, talking about 
love, sacrifice, success, significance, all of that is wrapped up in this great conversation with the one and only Grant Cardone on Dose of Leadership. Well, Grant Cardone, what a thrill to have you on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you so much, Richard, for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I've uh, followed your blog for quite a while now. I've always been a big fan of of what you profess and what you know, when it comes particularly to leadership and to, and personal growth, but I'm interested, how did it start for you? I, I, I read a little bit about your background and it wasn't all peaches and cream, was it? I mean, take me back to how it kind of started for you. Well, no, I, I mean, first of all, let me just say that, you know, the show that you um, provide people, I think is a tremendous service, uh, much like I, I just want to take a moment. And thank you for your service with the Marines. I appreciate you. Oh, doing. Thank you. And also for being a, a good example of a father of four daughters. And, and, and I, I think those are, you know, for me, for me, I've never really thought about leadership. I mean, I've always had this kind of leadership genetic. Yeah, kind of, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, but I've never thought about being a leader, really. Yeah. I've thought about more being a, um, nor, nor have I thought about being an influencer. I, I, I have just been trying to keep myself proud of who I am because at 25 years old, I was not. From the age of 16 to 25, I was a miserable disappointment to everyone around me and myself. Yeah. I didn't like me. My self-worth was a, a liability, not, not an asset. And uh, I, I was just lost, confused, didn't have any real leaders in my life. Well, I, I guess I did have leaders. It just wasn't leading me in the right place. Yeah. What do you think? What was the dream then? You know, it's it's amazing that you... It's it's so common. I think a lot of times, I know it was even for me, that I just did things that were kind of expected of me. I thought, well, the the the, the quickest path towards success, and I'm using air quotes when it's success, was you know get the degree, get the the high paying job, and I didn't even put an ounce into thinking about really what I wanted to do because what I wanted to do seemed like number one, either an impossibility, or number two, it wasn't going to pay me the money that I thought I needed. Yeah, I mean, even when I cleaned my life up at 25, I started cleaning up who I was and what I was doing and started getting some direction. And when I when I'd, I started my first company at 29, uh, I, I was forced to start a company because I lost a job. So I started a company. I went out, figured out how to make that successful. By the time I was 32, I was really cranking hard. But, you know, I forgot to ask myself, hey, what do I want to do here? Right. I want to go. Because the reality is, along your path to success, and everybody listening, whether you're becoming a lawyer or a big, you have a big contracting company now, or now you're a multimillionaire and you're you're successful, and you got the four kids now, and you got the the marriage, the, the game changes. You know, you, you're you're you, as you mature, as you grow older, as you uh, either win or lose certain things that you wanted or didn't want the game changes and then you change and then you got to look at what do I want now to keep me in the game, to keep me interested in the game um, and waking up every day motivated. Yeah. It started to change for me. I think when I stopped asking the question about success and started focusing on significance, I think there's a, a, a difference there. And it seems like you had that transition at some point you stopped focusing on success and you started saying, what can I do to be more significant? Is that a fair assessment? Totally fair assessment, and it's happened to me. Uh, uh, it happened to me at 25. It happened to me at 32. It happened to me again at 40. It happened to me big time at 51, where there was significant events happening in my life that that was ca- causing me to like 
challenge where I was. Right. Uh, it wasn't all just because of failure. Many times it was a failure, but often it was because I was successful and dissatisfied. Yeah. I, I, had, I had reached, oh my God, man, I'm worth $10 million. I'm like, whoa, more than I ever imagined. <clears throat> and, and I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I did this. And then all of a sudden like, wow, kind of dissatisfied too. <laughs> right. So, so it was like, okay, what am I going to do to reboot now and recreate and then at 51, really at 51 or 52 years old, something significant happened to me about legacy, my age, contribution. Am I going to reach enough people or just make a bunch of money? Right. And, and that's where you get into, you, I'm off significance now on purpose. You know, I want to leave a legacy. I want to, you start making decisions that are big now, not, right. not, not bank statements. Bank statements are, I mean, it's a big deal when you need money, but- but yeah. when you start thinking about, hey, could I help people in India or Mexico? I'm not talking about, you know, solving food shortages on planet Earth, like that kind of, you know, Greenpeace right, stuff. Right. I'm talking about, hey, can I help a family, the Johnsons or whatever their name would be in Venezuela? Right. Johnsons would be called in Venezuela. You know, can I help that guy go out and take care of his spouse and, and, and four kids? That, that, that would, that's a big deal to me. Is it, you know, I, I always think back, do you think we have the maturity when we're 25? I mean, maybe, is that the natural progression of things? I love how you pointed out, okay, you know, had these significant changes, you know, you listed six or seven spots there where you, you pivoted and shifted. It, I mean, I, it's almost like that's how it has to be, right? I mean, depending on our maturity level and who we are and our personality, yeah, it's almost I, like I, we have to go through that. I think some people have the maturity at 25 though. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Alexander the Great, I mean, he's 16, he'd already conquered. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, great point. Jesus Christ was dead at 33. So, you know, I am a very immature person, okay? Extremely immature. have been an immature person my whole life. <laughs> I expect when I'm dead, I'm still going to be immature. I'm really not that interested in growing up. I'm not, a, I'm not a politically correct person. So I'm now at a place where I give myself permission to do that. The first 40 year, 30 years, I was like, I was, I think I was, you know, asking for permission to be that and trying right. not to be that. And today I'm like, that's who I am, dude. That's, I'm going to go with this deal. I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, you know, play this out all the way. Um, but part of also part of that answer, Richard, is this. I think we underestimate our potential. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, like today where I'm at today, somebody asked me in an interview recently, man, did you ever imagine you'd be here? No, I never, ever imagined I would be where I'm at in my life. And now that I am, now I can't imagine staying here because I see the real potential. So I think, I think the thing is, once you discover your full potential, then you'll, you'll always either be satisfied or dissatisfied or be chasing. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we think that chasing, I think that chasing can be healthy. It certainly can be unhealthy. I think a lot of times I think the chasing or being kind of dis constantly dissatisfied in the right way can be healthy. Uh, because I, I, I'm with you. I had a mentor just last month tell me, dude, you're not thinking big enough. And I think that's as, as leaders, like I, you know, you could probably see greatness in me that I couldn't see in myself and vice versa. If, if you know, if, if we're connected and we know each other, I could probably I just think that's the way it is, right? And I think as human beings and as leaders, it's our obligation to kind of extract the greatness, even though we don't fully see our full great, you know, our, our full potential, I think. Most of my life, other people have seen more yeah. of my talent than I've seen of my talent. And that's a problem. 
Yeah. You should see, the individual should see more of their talent than other people can. Yeah. And, and you know, but because I think society has somehow made the ego a wrong thing. Like, oh, you don't want to have ego. You don't want to think a lot of yourself. You don't want to toot your own horn. Don't promote yourself. That's that's ridiculous. All that stuff has kept men and women and families and, and households away from their potential. Yeah, it's like you can have that you can have that intensity of will and still do, you know, it's using your powers for good or evil. And it's as simple as that, the way I look at it. Right. Exactly. So I think I think people start misunderstanding scripture or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, why wouldn't I believe in myself? Okay. The, 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 there's great books out there that say I am capable of anything and everything, in fact, more than others that were thought to be greater. Yeah. So if I take that, then I'm like, well, that means I can do everything they could do. Well, for me, for me to not chase that, I think it's sinful. I think, yeah, I think it shames the universe when you don't do it. And I, I've shifted and said, if you don't pr- pursue it with completely the, the pedal to the metal, I think you shame the universe because oh, you, a, guy, a, a guy told me the other day, he's like, and every time I hear this, I say this. He says, God bless you, Grant. I said, he has. Yeah. Dude, he has. Now I got to prove it. Right. You know, so every time you guys hear somebody say, God bless you, or you say, God bless, hey, prove it. Yeah. That's what God wants me to do, man. He wants me to prove that I'm doing, making big, giant moves. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle. I, I've talked about this with a couple of the guests before. And like, my father was this great man of integrity when the, when this, he showed up at his funeral. Man, just the amount of people that showed up, influence, you know, just the amount of influence that he had that he didn't even know. But, if on the surface, I would say, well, you know, he had opportunities to be entrepreneurial. He had opportunities to pursue things I know he was good at, but he, he always said, no, I'm just comfortable doing this and doing that. And I never, I'll never know the answer to this, but it, I go back and forth on the surface. He seems like perfectly content, didn't want to take a lot of risk, but at the same time, I think there was passions there that he didn't tap into. Yeah. So, so, you know, your dad, you, uh, it reminds me of my, my story with my dad, right? The room was full when my dad died. Yeah. You know, but the room was also small. So, yeah. cause it could have been a lot bigger room. They got bigger rooms. So my dad, my dad died at 52. Everybody in his town knew him, but everybody on the planet should have known him. Yeah. That's a, I like the, yeah. You know, and, and, and my dad was a cool dude, man. Ethical, hard worker, great dad, great husband. Uh, why didn't everybody know him? Right. And, and that that's the thing that I'm striving for, okay? I mean, it really touches me when I say this because this is my deal. This is what propels me every day, okay? Look, I want the room to be full. I, I want everybody to know me. I don't care if everybody likes me. I need everybody to know me. So the day I die, I don't need people crying. I need people around the planet tweeting about me. I want them posting, dude, that guy helped me, man. <laughs> right. Rest in peace, brother. Dude, I will. I guarantee I'm going to rest in peace because I'm going to fulfill my full potential. So really, I want it to be rest in peace. No, rest in potential. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, an outsider looking at him, I say, well, that's just, why, why are you letting your ego fuel that? And it goes back to your point, is ego necessarily a bad thing? And I, I think it, it, if it's done for the power of good, I don't think it, it I think it's a necessity to be quite honest. Dude, I, I mean, if I don't have a sense of self, how do I go to war? Exactly. You know, if I don't have a sense of self, how do I get up, suit up, uh, uh, drive to work, and, and, and tell somebody I have a great product, okay? If I right. don't have a sense of self, why would you bear children, bring children into the world if you don't have a sense of self? Exactly. So so I want my kids to believe I'm Superman. 
Right. You know, I want them to look up to me and see I'm strong. My little girl's like, boy, you're strong, Papa. That's right. So, so I don't think that that's bad. I want my, my employees to see that I will do the tough stuff and I have enough sense of self that I'll be courageous. And, and, and I, think, I, think, I think too many people have done what your dad did, maybe and my dad did, which was settle for just enough and be comfortable. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think it, it, by shifting the mindset to, to realize, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that the, it is an obligation, if, if, especially if a dream's put on my heart. And if I don't pursue it, I think the biggest regret that you can do is sitting on your deathbed and all those dreams and all those passions walking around that deathbed looking at you going, just shaking his head going, man, it was only you that could have released it. I think that should be our biggest fear. Yeah. And, you know, I hear so many people, you know, quote, and they, 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 all these nice little quotes, like Frank Sinatra, some guy told me the other day, he says, you know, I'm just like Sinatra, a few regrets. I'm like, dude, that was Frank Sinatra, okay? I mean, <laughs> come on. that guy was with every Hollywood hot A-lister. He'd been all over the world. He'd sung in front of kings and princes. You can't, you can't make a comparison, okay? No. Maybe he has few regrets, but even he had a few. And then the other thing that gets me is people say, I'm living the dream. Really, dude? <laughs> Is that the dream? Come on. You haven't even left your state before. You've never left the country. You don't know what the train stations in Paris are like or the chapels in Rome are. Or you haven't been to Cato, uh, 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 Columbia and seen how the people live there. Like, like that is the potential on this. There's so much potential. Don't settle and make up nice little sayings and say, I'm satisfied. Why? Because maybe you hadn't seen anything. Does it always go back to, I mean, this even gets cliche and I talk about this on the show a lot and I don't know, maybe it's just because I, for three years we, we broached this topic, but everything always points back to fear. And, and I get kind of tired of talking about it because what does it even mean? Because fear is a great, I've come to the point where fear is a great barometer that it, that if is something making your stomach tight or butterflies, you need to pursue it because something profound is always going to happen the other side of it. Dude, I mean, I like the fear. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that when I'm not scared, I'm probably not living anymore. Yeah. So I want to meet new people. I want to go new places, I, I, even though it's uncomfortable. I just know that that little thing in my head, whatever tells me, now nah, stay home. Say no. You don't need to do it. Don't go there. You don't know them. You'd rather stay home and watch TV. Th th those things never, ever help me. No, never. You know, it's when my wife talks me into going to the party that on the way home, I'm like, you know, I'm really glad you, you, you talked me into that. <laughs> right. You know, so, so fear, fear is a really, it's a, it's a weird deal. You know, I think it's an indication actually of what I should be doing. Most exactly. Of the time, that, what I shouldn't be doing. I agree with you. I think it's, it's, I've turned it into a barometer of what I, a compass of where I should be heading, you know, and the stronger it is, I need to, I need to at least investigate it. It's a different kind of fear, right? There's a fight or flight and then instinctive survival. It's not the survival type fear we're talking about. It's the no. in, internal kind of limiting voices, limiting beliefs that's, that's preventing you from whatever, being uncomfortable, making a fool of yourself, failing, whatever that even means. Yeah, may, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, you know, you see some of the terror going on in the world and rather than saying, oh, I'm just going to business as usual. I heard the mayor of New York say it's business as usual. Don't worry about it. Keep doing what you were doing. I'm like, no, man, why don't you go to the shooting range and learn how to fire a weapon? Yeah, be, take, take some action, I, I don't be think smart. It's fight or flight, it's preparation. It's, it's, it's prepare yourself, get ready, stay ready, whether it's in sales, in business, in your marriage. What about your marriage? You get married, you got to stay ready in marriage because there's going to be those lulls and places of comfort where that marriage starts sagging out like a lazy boy. I know people that pay more attention to their sofa than they do their marriage. Yeah. 
and then wonder, hey, man, why is there no spring in my mattress? It's the intentionality. I mean, it, it takes every single day. There's an intentional. Uh, it's kind of even doing the ordinary things better than anybody else. That's the way I look at it. I yeah. like that. You know, it's the little things. It's the non-sexy things that actually make the big difference, I think. Particularly yeah. when it comes to relationships, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's also about getting around other people that are kind of pushing, oh, the, man, pushing yeah. the envelope, you yeah. know? And, and, and you know, I, I, fly, I fly my own jet. I don't fly it, but I bought my own uh, aircraft. And it's interesting to me because every time I go to the FBO, people were telling me, that's a ridiculous amount of money you're spending on that plane and it doesn't make sense. I can't tell you how much inspiration I get when a plane fly, comes in next to me and it's worth four or five times what my plane is. It, it is inspiration. I, and now, now I know that that might sound, again, immature and, and frivolous and material. Uh, my, my entire life, since I was 16 years old, I've been looking at homes I couldn't afford, cars I couldn't buy, watches that I didn't need. That, that There was no way I could actually buy it. I'm going to look at a $195 million house this weekend. There is no way I could buy that house. But the inspiration it will give me, knowing someone can, and that that potential exists, uh, is fuel for my tank for at least 30 days. Well, it, it feeds into, I mean, you, you're naturally competitive. And I, I'm curious, can we teach somebody to be competitive? Or is it just something that you're born with? I don't know. I think the flip side of that question is probably the, 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 the answer to it, which is we are taught to be lazy. We are allowed to be lazy. We're encouraged to be lazy because I think the innate natural state, if you just look at a child, you have four kids, yep. you know, before the age of five, was there one of them not motivated all day long? No. Yeah, you're right. Okay. If they ever woke up and they were lethargic, did you know something was wrong? Yeah. Exactly. They're sick. So- they're either sick or they're tired, okay? And if they're tired, they need to rest. If they're sick, they need help. Otherwise, they should be all out running into walls. What do you got? You got boys or girls? All girls. So, you know, you've got four boys. They're running into walls. If you've got girls, they're playing with dolls and doing their deal and giggling. And that is the natural state of an individual. What happens is they start school at six. Okay? By 16, they've been told not to so many times they can't. Right. So, see, when we work in organizations, we work a lot of companies, all the way from Google, Allstate, uh, the U.S., uh, the military. I've worked with companies that have 160,000 employees. Lazy is, is a, a educated, installed state in an individual. It is educated, it is allowed, it is tolerated, and it is encouraged because it's definitely not normal. You know, you're right. And I think even if you're talking about entrepreneurial, if speaking, speaking from an entrepreneurship standpoint, I think that is the natural state of mankind because we had to be ever since caveman days. And it's almost like the industrial revolution kind of, you know, brainwashed us into, you know, the expectation that not to be entrepreneurial, I guess. And it's only for a select few. When he, when he had to do his own hunting. Yeah. Okay. 72% of American businesses, there's 28 million of them, 72% of them break even or lose money. So uh, 67% of them have no employees. These are companies that failed the moment the guy said, I'm going to work by myself from home. <laughs> These are failing businesses. This is not a successful thing. For, for, uh, 40, uh, 40, 40, the 44,000 is the average income of a business in America. 
Wow. That's 8,000 below median wage. That means some guy had a median wage job, 52 grand, and decided to work from home for 44. Man. That's the condition that we're in right now. And we're the most educated, most educated country on the planet. And we have more entrepreneurs than any other country. But if you look below that and look in the numbers, say, wait a minute, man. Most of these companies break even. Most of them lose money. Most of them only make forty-four grand, forty-four thousand uh, dollars. You're talking about poverty, almost poverty level, except by government government definitions. So when somebody tells me the truth of the situation, you know, Richard, that's what inspires me. Yeah. When somebody tells me the truth, Grant, you have more potential. Why do you settle? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I think. So is the legacy for you? I mean, is it? Is it that? Is that we? You want people to understand that that there are unlimited opportunities and unlimited potential for each and every one of us. Yeah, I just want people. I just want people to know. Hey, Grant Cardone was a guy that was never satisfied. He kept pushing. He believed in himself. He believed in his products. He believed. He wanted to get his message out to everybody. Because if I do that, if I have people talking about my intention after I'm dead or after I'm not using this body, this mechanism, this machine anymore, you know, then, then people will continue to reach for my books, you know? Right. And then I get to live on. Look at the people that have lived on. People are like, I don't believe in afterlife. Really? Well, how do you know Walt Disney? <laughs> right. How do you know Steve Jobs? Right. How do we know Jesus Christ? How do I know Alexander the Great? How do I know Martin Luther King? How do I know John Kennedy? There is an afterlife, man. I know their name. Yeah. Right. And that's what I want. That way, that way, what happens is my wealth, the wealth, the potential of who I am exceeds a limitation of 80 years. And to me, that is wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of people I know on this planet is wealth to me. Okay. I, I, you want to get wealthy? You want to be a billionaire? Get a billion people to know who you are. You want to be a millionaire? Help a million people. It's simple math. Yeah. So if I can get more people to know who I am, that means I need to talk to strangers. You know, mommy was wrong. <laughs> I need to talk to strangers. I need to learn new languages. I got to go to new lands. And I don't need to get on a plane and fly over there. I need to learn how to stream. I need to learn how to use Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter because it's universal. I need YouTube. And I need to expand, right? I need to get bigger than I am, not smaller or stay home by myself. But that does, the end state is what? Because you're going to tap into that 48-year-old middle-aged guy that's in a crappy job and, and hopes that he buys into your, you know, what you believe and he, he becomes just as free and as, as energetic and optimistic as you, right? Maybe I just make a contribution to the planet different than what he got from his teachers or his dad. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, I mean, if you look at 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, why? Is that just the condition of America? Is that just the condition of the world economic or is that some indication that we got the wrong information? I think it's an indication. I would like to think it's an indication that we're swimming in mediocrity and it doesn't have to be that to- way. Totally. I totally agree with that. We got the wrong information. We have data. We have information that we are utilizing that is not getting the results we want. So if I could be, if Grant Cardone could end up being known as not just a sales guy and it helped the business and he was on TV or radio or he did a podcast with Richard, hey, he's the guy that said I could do more. He's the guy that said what my teacher taught me 
was not actually correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think the obligation that we have for, for any content creator, anybody of, of who wants to be an influencer, or realize that they do have influence is that it, it is to extract the greatness out of everyone. I, yeah. I, I think it is. I think it's an obligation. I, I do. I, I believe everybody should be an inspiration to the next person around them. I Lift agree. everybody up. Okay? I agree. Like, I, I don't give charity to people. I don't give money. If a homeless guy walks up to me and says, give me money, I'm like, dude, it's going to happen. I got plenty of it, too. I mean, I got so many hundreds in my pocket right now. It's crazy, okay? I could slice off the whole pocket, wouldn't know I missed. I'm not giving it to you, yeah. okay? Because I know, I know that that's not what he needs at that moment. If money was what he needed, he'd already have it. What he needs is direction, right? Mm-hmm. He needs somebody to say, I believe in you, man. I believe in you, but you got to go get this on your own now. Because that's how it works. Yeah. And if I could convince him to do that, he's, he doesn't need a shower. He doesn't need a haircut. He needs to get out there and start t- believing in himself, in himself enough. And maybe he does need a meal, but money is not what he needs. Right. At some point, you have to – let me ask there's two questions. The first one is, do we have to suffer to achieve significance and greatness? I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I think you'd have to ask somebody that figured out how to do it without suffering. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, don't, I haven't found anybody that hasn't. I haven't found anybody, particularly on the entrepreneurial path, and, if, and we're talking about creating something of significance, whatever you define significance to be, that at some point it's, it's going to be painful. Yeah, I, all I know is this. It was painful when I wasn't, and it's been painful when I, when I do. Yeah. So it is work either way. You know, uh, w- the great secret is it's it's more work to fail than it is for me. When I'm being honest with me, it's more painful to not reach for my potential than it is to reach for my potential. See, for me, medication is not an alternative, right? I'm just not going to medicate. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to figure my way out of this deal through production. Production makes me feel good. Right, doing if I, something. If yeah. I have mm-hmm. enough accomplishments going on in a moment, I don't mean a lifetime. I put out the fire. I mowed the lawn. I took the kids to swim, you know, whatever. If I have enough, it doesn't have to be big stuff. I don't need to be paid a million dollars for it. If I'm doing things for some reason in those moments that I'm doing something, I feel good. Yeah. And it's when I'm not doing something that I get to meet the devil. Yeah, you're right. You know, I don't, whatever religion you believe in, dude, take three or four hours or three or four days off. And and for some reason, self doubt comes in. You know, yep. uh, uh, fear right. comes in, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I get uh, these voices. I start hearing voices. Yep. So it's, for me, it, that's painful. Either way, it's painful. I just rather succeed. If it's going to be pain, pa- painful, I I, I want to do it in style. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's. Yeah, getting up every morning and it's a choice. It doesn't it doesn't co- it costs the same to uh believe that it is going to happen or believe it isn't going to happen. It costs the same. And so same you, price. you and same price. Just one pays off and one doesn't. Right. And at some point I think a, a prerequisite towards significance is you have to suspend the belief on how something's going to get done. You just know it's going to get done. And that yeah. is that's complete faith, that's complete confidence in yourself, self-awareness in yourself. You just have to believe that. It, look, this is what I know today that I didn't know when I was 25. If you don't quit, you will not fail. Yeah. It's, okay, if you're willing to keep showing up, I'm telling you, I don't care how bad it is, how ugly it is, I have exceeded anything, any condition I ever thought I would be in. Yeah. I've exceeded it until I got there. And then I'm like, oh my God, man, 
I could go all the way to this other place. Right. So even though I've gotten past anything anybody ever thought I could do, including myself, once I get there, I'm like, oh my God. And then the potential is like, whoa, what yeah. could I really do here? That's right. And there's number one lesson that I've learned over three years doing these conversations, having these conversations. It always goes back to tenacity and persistence. Always. Always. It never goes back to talent. Never. No, never, man. I never talk about talent. It's not about me being a talented guy. I don't consider myself a talented person. When I think of Grant, I don't think of talent. I think of won't quit. Like if you're going to probably ask me today, hey, what's the one thing? The one thing is don't quit yeah. ever, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Whether that's the girl you're trying to get, the house you're trying to buy, the deal that you're in, uh, the contract you're trying to get in, in or out of, the lawsuit that you're in that's fair or not fair, you want to win it or lose it, whatever, okay? If you don't quit, I don't care what the books say, the laws say, the lawyers say, uh, the clock says, if you don't quit, you, you can literally make things happen that nobody else has ever made happen. Yep, that really is a differentiator. I I just, I I believe that. It's tough sometimes, I know, when you're, you're in the middle of the mud and you're like, how in the hell am I going to get out of this? Don't quit. Don't quit. You just can't quit. And there's enough stories and perspective. And I think that it goes to your point of a surrounding yourself by people who inspire you, who push you, because there's so many, when you're in those moments, there's always enough stories. There's plenty of stories to give you the proper perspective because there's, there's always somebody that's been in what you've been in and they've been in it worse than you and they've, and they've succeeded and survived and thrived. And, you know, it, it, it never hurts me to go back and just Google, you know, all the successful people that almost failed, you yeah. know, uh, I mean, I always, I can go back to that every time, no matter how many times I read this, okay? And the list is unbelievable. Henry Ford, you know? Yep. Henry Ford, I think he was kicked out of school. His first two car companies almost went bankrupt. Uh, Ford Motor Company. Yeah. The list is massive, too. It's over and over and over. Yeah. Well, I love it. I think that, um, you know, your the energy, the enthusiasm is infectious. I think, what do you say to those kind of introverted type individuals? Um, I consider myself an introverted leader. And I think that kind of belief or that idea of introversion stopped me. But then I realized, as you were talking earlier, once I become comfortable with who I am and self-aware of who I am, then it just, the whole world changed. Yeah. Look, look, you know, people, people would probably say I'm an extrovert. You would say because of this interview, 90% of the people that listen to this right now say, oh, Grant Cardone's an extrovert. It's easy for him to talk to people. Right. But you don't know that. Nobody knows that. That is complete profiling, total judgment. Yep. Uh, it, it is totally made up. It's your idea because you don't really know who I am. The reality is every time I have to extrovert, I introvert first. Yeah. I feel introverted. Oh, my God. I got to go meet this person. I don't know. Oh, my God. What am I going to say? Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get cotton mouth and not know what to talk about. Oh my God, I'm going to be awkward. You know, so what? So look, look, introverts are basically self-centered people. Yeah. Because when you're thinking about, I'm an introvert, I don't want to do that. Who are you thinking about? Yourself. Exactly. So you need to change introvert into, I am self-centered. I am selfish. I am thinking only about myself right now, rather than Hey, I want to meet this person and make them feel good. Take interest in them rather than myself. Yeah, amen to that. It's so this a, goes it's back to what, and, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I'm like, look, you got to do the things you don't want to do. If you want to be successful, you have to do the things you don't want to do. Agreed. That's what you're going to get paid for the most. 
yep. not doing what you want to do. You're going to, I was with uh, uh, Steve Harvey, the other Steve Harvey, the, he, he yeah. does two hours of radio every day. He does three hours of TV, recorded TV every day. He does a weekend show. This guy and phenomenal. so hard. I said, Steve, how much, do, how much stuff do you do that you don't want to do? He's paid over 25 million bucks a year. Everybody knows his name. Great guy. He's like, dude, I do. Hey, Grant, big teeth. 90% of what I do, I don't want to do. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> well. Yeah, this goes on. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, okay? These guys are, Harlan Sanders, Colonel Sanders. Uh, he did like a thousand presentations before somebody bought his recipe. Who, who wants to do a thousand presentations? Right. Right. Nope. You know, it, it's true. I mean, you have to, the growth zone and the comfort zone don't live, live in the same plane. I no, mean, they, they don't, man. And, and you got to be uncomfortable. You got to get used to it. But it's almost like I equate, I used to run a lot and I equated it. Running sucks. I mean, running just hurts like hell. I hate it. But, I hate running, dude. But when I got past the six week mark, it was always a six week mark. Even though it hurt, it still hurt after six weeks, but I felt worse if I didn't do it. In fact, I looked forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you broke the back. You broke the back, right? You, uh -huh. you, you, figured out, you figured out how to do it long enough to where your body was like, let's go do this. Yeah. And um, I think that's the same thing for anything, for grading any culture, any company. You have to break the back of no. So the company's like, oh, he's in control. Like, see, see when things become hyper problematic, right? When we have an emergency all these buzzwords are thrown out the door. <laughs> right. This yeah. is how I operate my life. I'm operating like I'm under a constant emergency. So, so for me, all the buzzwords, customer service, nobody in my office in 29 years has ever heard me say that word more than three times. And all three times I was in an interview. Oh, wow. Because I don't talk about customer service. You know why? Because we deliver customer service. Gotcha. So, so leadership. I don't talk about leadership because... It's not a problem for us. Right. And if I'm flying the plane into the mountain, by the way, I'm not in control and somebody needs to get in control. Yeah. That's, right? I, I see. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go crash. <laughs> and that's really been my message to the middle class in America is, hey, you are about to crash. You have navigation. You have a navigation plan here that is headed straight for nothing but pain and suffering. And I know that's true today because of the statistics. And I also know it's true because politicians constantly talk about saving the middle class. For 27 years that I know of, they've been talking about saving the middle class since I've been paying attention to politics. 27 years they've said, we're going to save the middle class, the Democrats and the Republicans. We're going to help the middle class. We, they need more education. We need more education. We need more college. Look, folks, okay, the middle class is headed for the mountain that Richard's talking about <laughs> because you have a GPS system that's broken. Yeah. You have a navigation plan that's screwed up, okay? And the middle class is not something you want to be in. It's something you want to get out of. So if, if, I, if I ever influence anybody through this, Richard, it's like get out of the middle class. Yeah. Which built on comfort and settling, not excellence and staying above the fray. I love that. And you know, your blog post that you put on there a couple of days ago that talks about that is spot on. And I encourage everybody to, uh, to, to read that because you're absolutely right. You know, it, it, it goes back to that whole thing about we're bathing in mediocrity. I think we should punch mediocrity in the face. That's yeah. The, that's the whole reason why I'm doing this show. It's a whole reason why I think people should dedicate their lives to becoming better 
leaders or, you know, to work yourself above it because, and, and think bigger than we, and surround yourself by greatness because the more that you do that, I think that has been the biggest thing of the last three years of intentionally surrounding myself. And the, I, I can't tell you, and you've probably experienced this too, Grant, but I've got five guys around. We got this little group that we call the syndicate that we, they're just five guys that help each other. They're kind of like a, a winning mentality. You know what I mean? And That's awesome, man. Everybody the, needs a mastermind group. Everybody yep. needs a network around them. I think the blog you were talking about, by the way, is grantcardone.com forward slash blog. I had to look up my own blog. I yeah, didn't have right. But that... Hey, Richard, dude. Hey, I, I, you know, I really, really appreciate you asking, a, a, adding me to your network of people and connecting me with other like-minded people like you. you you've done me a tremendous uh, honor today to expand my network to other people that think like you. So I really appreciate your Well, time. I highly encourage my listeners to check your stuff out if you haven't. You know, it resonates with a lot what we talk about here on the show. And uh, what's what are some of the um, the products that the that they can engage with you in? You know, Cardone U, we created a university and an online platform so you don't have to go to hotels, travel, no hotel, no travel, no uh, rental cars. It saves you a lot of time and energy and money that doesn't really educate anybody on anything. CardoneU.com is a uh, it's an eighteen thousand dollar university. It's on sale for nine ninety five right now. Also, uh, there's a thing called GrantCardone.com forward slash MP3 bundle. MP3 bundle. It's a thirty dollar product. It's a forty hours of uh, me delivering uh, my book programs on audio. Should we all learn how? To, I mean, we all have to learn how to sell. Is that the biggest thing that I get if I? partner with you and, and listen to you, am I going to learn how to sell anything anywhere? Well, I, you know, what, are you going to learn how to sell? Not if you don't want to, right. you know, but, but I know this, the top line of any business, the business, a business uh, survives and fails on one thing, revenue. Okay. I, I mean, there's no other, you, you, you can't control expenses and make a company succeed. Yeah. No, nobody's ever done that in the history of mankind. The business will succeed and survive and continue on because it continues to grow one thing, revenue, period. This is not about a bunch of CFOs or accountants controlling expenses of your household or your company and thinking it's going to work. This is what's wrong with the middle class. The middle class is built on saving money. You do not get to prosperity by saving money. You get there by making money, period, by mm -hmm. connecting with money, by increasing your network. So what you're going to learn, for instance, at Card on You is how to grow revenue, how to market, promote, how to extrovert, how to get your name out, how to brand yourself so you're the leader in the space and you control your industry, not your segment. Okay, I want to own the industry. I want the industry, everybody in sales, closing, follow-up, everything to do with sales and marketing. Dude, my name is at the top two or three. Uh, this this week, we hit a list of the top 10 most influential CEOs on planet Earth. I'm with the I'm with guys like Tim Cook, uh, Rupert Murdoch. I'm talking about multi, they run multi-billion dollar companies. I'm a guy that runs a company that does 100 million in sales, self-made, private company. I do 100 million. They do, Apple does, I don't know, what do they do? 125 billion a yep. year? Around there, yeah. What am I doing on the same list, man? <laughs> I controlled, I dominate the, sec, the, 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 the industry, not just a segment of a sector. Yeah. So that's what people are going to learn. Like, like at Cardone U, P, 
People at Cardone U have gone from making network marketers go from making uh, 500 bucks a month to 50 grand a month. I mean, across the board, plumbers, contractors, roofers, people in the military come back from Afghanistan and start their own company. First company they ever started make a million bucks. I got hundreds and hundreds of stories like this. Well, it's awesome stuff. And like I said, your website is chock full of content. I highly encourage all my listeners to go check out Grant if you haven't subscribed to his his, uh, his blog and uh, check out some of his products. I know you won't be disappointed. Grant, so honored to have you on the show. Thanks for thanks for brother. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. <music>